Good afternoon, this is Bill Young, and welcome to Prayer and Lunch Podcast. Today we're doing a special uh, uh, podcast, and it's going to be at Ave Maria University. And we're actually doing it in a cafeteria, so it's very appropriate for lunchtime prayers. And I have a special guest. I was looking at my food. Did you? Are you so hungry, yet, bro? No, I, I, I was. I forgot your first name, so I was oh, looking Bill, at your Bill. name again. Okay, Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill sorry, Bill. Bill. And uh, you like to introduce yourself, and uh, he's a, a ordained brother for the Franciscans. Yes. And uh, not ordained because brothers aren't ordained. We're nice. they, they, yeah, the the term is professed. Professed. Okay. Yes, we profess a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Okay. Uh, which is the trifold vow of a Franciscan, um, and um, you can be ordained if you join the priesthood. Okay. You know, so the ordination is the same. Right, um, right. If you're a diocesan priest or a priest within the order, um, but I haven't. Gotten that far yet? And brother, where are you from? Originally, um, originally I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Um, I lived there for um, almost 40 years of my life. Oh, great! I was in the uh, corporate banking world, um, and I was a um, executive for a uh, large banking organization. Um, and then I moved to Florida after okay. that. What part of Florida? Um, Cape Coral. Okay. And um, I did that when the market was, the real estate market was at its high point. Wow. And, uh, well, I, uh, I, I left everything behind in Chicago to pursue real estate. Okay. Uh, my fortune. I was going for my fortune <laughs> at 40. And um, I was very successful. I worked, I was a senior executive for a Fortune 200 home builder in okay. Cape Coral. Um, and had everything that the secular life leads you to believe um, is important. I had cars, I had homes, I had properties, and I had money, most of all. Um, I was living the high life, um, and then in 2006, 2007, when the real estate market crashed, Mm -hmm. the two sectors that I um, did professionally was banking and home building and both were decimated by the market I found myself without a um, without a job without a home without any money with no cars and no identity I didn't know who I was I was angry that God took everything that I had and fought my whole life for to achieve um and saw no end, um, and uh, subsequently to that, I found myself faced first in tears at the local parish church outside at midnight one night in front of a statue of Our Lady in the grotto. Wow. Um, and I distinctly remember hearing her say, I came down from my throne in heaven to rescue you, and from this day forward you belong to me. And um, after that, I pursued religious life. And um, uh, well, that was about that was about four years, four and a half years ago, uh, five years, uh, including discerning where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. So about five years in total. Um, Now I um, am nobody. I own nothing. (laughs) I know nothing. And um, well, well, that's how I feel, and um, I'm I. You don't feel that now, though, do you? 
I, I, I do. I want to be the littlest of servants um, in well, the eyes of harm, God. But you're definitely not. As long as you, you know. Well, it's perception. Yeah. Perception is, um, you know, it, it, that's to the eye of the beholder. Right. So that's a question that, um, to me, I would like to remain small and humble right. and do what I need to do um, for what the Lord has commissioned me to do. Um, and... I'm happy. I'm happier so what, what than... Do you, what do you do, actually? I mean, do you teach? Do you... Uh, no, right I, I now, um, I am uh, the CEO of Mercy Mission Incorporated, which okay. is in Fort Myers. Okay. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm spearheading a missionary group that has just broken ground in Haiti. Oh, great. And um, we're building the city of the Immaculata, which was... Um, what uh, Fink Maximilian Colby wanted to do. Okay, very good. Uh, my uh, my partner that you met over there, the Scottish lady, um, Anne Morrow. Um, she is a secular Franciscan, and it's her vision that she received many years ago. And then I have another uh, partner, uh, Bob, who's in our organization, and the three of us um, came together and now we are working with the Pontifical Mission Society. Mm-hmm. We have our website, which is www. On here. Yes, I'll on the card. Yeah, mercymission.biz. Okay. Um, and everybody can find out uh, about our mission there. And that's what I'm doing right now. Well, if you like, I can also put an advertising link on there uh, sure. for you. And I can even use this picture if you want me to. It's okay. If it's what the Lord desires, sure. Well, you know, I don't believe in like the. Uh, Father said, "There's no such thing as accents." Yes, everything's for a reason. That's There's no coincidence. That's why when you sat next to me, I said, "Oh yeah, the Lord, and then he left." I said, "Maybe he did have nothing for me." Yeah, no. Well, I appreciate uh, it's a pleasure being here with you and and uh, being interviewed for you know with you. I I don't think I have a lot to offer, but um, I mean, yeah. you're, you're like, and my son is 24 years old. Prodigal son, like right now. But he's on the fast lane, mm-hmm. and he thinks he's only 23. But he thinks, you know, the money thing and everything, the travel. Yeah, that's all he wants. Right. But God is like, he doesn't even believe in God anymore. Yeah. And he's, he was an altar server. He went through. I mean, we just all years as a dad, we just doing that for you. So. Is he in college? Yeah. Yeah, he was in UCF, uh, but he dropped out. He's doing great in his business. He's mm-hmm. a bad at business, but he, you know, he has to find come back to God. Yeah. Stories like yours, it's like the money is not, it's, he's trying to find out now because he was traveling all over like from Spain, Italy, Rome, he's away once a month. Yeah, yeah. the money he can afford it, and it's his girlfriend. But he just realized travel is not happy because he can't find that happiness. Yeah. And so you're, you're the perfect. I'm very you know, familiar with yeah, that you feeling. You can't find that happiness. No, you can't. You could have, what's the difference, you know, when, what was the exact quote in the Bible when you could have basically uh, uh, the whole world or you could have the next world? It doesn't mean anything. This what's on this world. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, who are the most unhappiest people on the planet are the people in Hollywood. Exactly. They have stardom. They have money. They, they have, have everything they, they that the secular life tells them <laughs> exactly. makes you happy. And you're absolutely right. They're killing themselves left and right. They have drug abuse, drug exactly. overdoses. Um, and, you know, so that's it right there. 
you know, there is something that you get out of a spiritual happiness that you can't get out of money, fast cars, living in the fast lane. And it just, it's, it's the truth and it's the reality. Once you find the Eucharist and you understand what the Eucharist is and what it means, it's the pearl of great price. So that's, that's you would tell our listeners the one thing that uh, that they can do. Um, what I would say is um, Eucharistic adoration. Period. Okay. Um, the Eucharist is everything. It's the source and it's the summit of our faith. Um, it's Jesus Christ present in time and space to us. Now, if I walked out onto the street and I said, "Hey, Justin Bieber was." playing at um, the Barbara B. Mann, there would be a line True. that would be six miles long. Absolutely, yeah. But every day, Jesus Christ, the creator of the yeah. universe, the God of everything, sits in the tabernacle and it's sparse. Tumbleweeds pass by. Um, and that is mind-boggling. But I understand it because I was there. Right. And I understand your son because I was there. And I have nieces and nephews that are in the same exact boat. But what you have to remember, and this is what Father Bill Casey and some of the other ones we're talking about today, is that it's the core values that you instill in them that will bring them back. Right. That's my wife. And I promise you that that's going to happen. My wife tells me that all the time. And um, aside from um, uh, adoration, um, is the power of the rosary. Okay. The power of the rosary is, I mean, I can't even say enough for the power of the rosary. My I, son wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for the rosary because oh, yeah. uh, my wife, three out of the four children miscarried, mm-hmm. and he was the second one, and she was again in bed rest, bleeding, and you know, they said, you know, didn't look too good, so we both started the rosary, and within a week after doing the rosary, together, everything was fine and had a perfect pregnancy and it, you know, yeah. young man well it's um, it's very powerful and I can tell you honestly I attribute everything that happened in my life um, to the recitation of the rosary from my mother a mother praying the rosary is probably the single most powerful weapon that you can have. And a dad, too. Exactly. Mom and dad together, obviously. Exactly. Double makes it. Father Peyton said the family that prays together two, stays two together. Right? So, um, but my mother, um, to me, is she will never be defined as a saint in this world. But I know... Right. And the Lord knows oh, that she well, is a saint. Anyone's a saint who's gone to heaven. So, yes. Yes. So she's a saint. Yes. I guarantee. Well, she hasn't gone to heaven. Yes. Thank God. Uh, yet. Oh, thank she's God. Still she's still living. Oh, okay. Okay. But um, I, from the time I was a an infant, I don't recall one day that my mother didn't have the rosary in her hand. Wow. Not one That's day. A and um, I've and been the through some. Of that is you. Oh, I I haven't even scratched the surface, Bill. I was involved in two deadly accidents in my life where I totaled two cars in two years, and I should have never my, walked my, my away. My advice to you, I think next year you're going to be talking here. <laughs> you want to talk <laughs> because you have to give that message. I do you. have a major testimony. Yeah, exactly. But I only have one problem. What's that? You don't like to talk? I don't. I have. I have a fear of public speaking. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 
because you're doing great with me. So well, I appreciate the, holy, the Holy Spirit, because I always thought I had a lousy voice. I don't know what I'm doing this for. Told me to do it, but I'm doing it, Lord. But I don't. I listen. My first eight years, I would listen to. Yeah. And so, when the Holy Spirit wants you to do something, let Him do it. Yeah. Put it on Him. Yeah. Well, I seem to be a little bit better when I'm interviewed. Now, yeah, if you yeah, put yeah. me up in the podium in front of everybody and just I'm at my more, own... We could do this. I tell you what. We could just do like two chairs sitting. Like an that would be perfect. Right. Like the Tonight Show. Exactly. <laughs> you could be Johnny Carson. Well, I don't want to be Johnny Carson. I want them a little bit nicer. Uh, Raymond Arroyo from EWTN. Okay, The yes. world over. Okay, yes. There you that, go. That'd be great. That'd be great. And... Um, I appreciate it. I don't know how much time we have here. Uh, I still have a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes. Okay, yeah. great. So, okay, let me let me get your mind a little bit going. Okay. Uh, to me, it's an impossibility. I can't even imagine it. But how on earth can anyone even believe or state there's no God? I mean, look at this guy. Look at me. How, how would you talk to someone who does not believe there's a God at all? I mean, that's like the basic, but, you know, how would you talk to someone like that? Well... You know, they they say that there is no real way that you can define that God exists in by using theory. Right, okay. Um, and I think that that's that way for a reason. I don't think God wants there to be an, a, a scientific absolute that he exists because he wants you to come to him in, on your own, right? right? right. And... Um, I get what you're saying. I'm a Franciscan, and Franciscan spirituality is about seeing God in everything. Right. right. I see God in a blade of grass. Right. I see God in a caterpillar. I see God, God by looking at a cloud, by looking at a tree. To me, God is everywhere. I see right. you. I see God. I see God in the. I see the Lord Jesus Christ in the face of everybody that I meet, whether it's a criminal, um, a drug addict or a poor person. It doesn't matter. So if I was an atheist and I said, brother, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, God, what is God? Show me God. I don't see God. What are you going to tell him? I, well, normally they don't say that. What they tell me is when you can prove that that fairy tale in the sky is real, I'll believe you. And then I always come back with, well, when you can prove to me that there is no God, then I'll come back to you. So I can't always turn the table around. But um, to me, you know, for those who believe, there's no reasoning necessary. No, no doubt And about for it, right? those who do not believe, there's no reasoning that I can give them. It's a matter of faith, you know. Um, you know, I have told people about... Um, you know, if I refer to scripture, I say, where have you ever read anything with the profound meaning that when you read scripture? I mean, you're talking about people that 2,000 years ago yeah, in the New Testament. Yeah, they say it's made up, but if I wonder if they've ever read it. Because when Why you not? read it, yeah. I mean, I don't know of anybody that can write. 2,000 years later, I don't know of anybody that can write like that. Exactly. I mean, and... Um, Aside from that, you know, um, well, for example, the miracles and, right. and things like that, right. you know, I mean, I could simply tell somebody, go do some research on 
the image of Guadalupe, for example. It's defied scientists. The most smartest people that have ever existed have done research on the image of Guadalupe. To me, that one thing is unexplainable. Right. And, and, and if you can... I've always said, if you can prove to me something scientific about that, then I will become an atheist. But that's just one we aspect. Don't anyway. <laughs> we don't want that. But I know that they'd never be able to. Right. But see, that's one aspect of our faith. Our faith, uh, our church that has survived 2,000 years, okay, of, and this is since the time of Jesus, persecution, dictatorship, right. world wars, atheism, the sex abuse scandals. Lady Fatima predicted all this. Yes. Right. I mean, and, and... But we know that because we believe. Right. These people, they don't even want to go there. Because no. if they don't believe how the sky and earth was made out, that can leave on Now, you know, these are the same people that say um, that everything came from the Big Bang. Right. And then when you ask them the, the, the simplest, when you distill it and you bring it down to the simplest question, how did something come from nothing? If there was nothing, you're talking a Big Bang, how did something come out of nothing? Which is the very first point of their argument, right? Exactly, exactly. And they can't answer that. So, to me, right from that beginning, you need a creator that created something because if you don't have a creator, then, you know, if you look at nothing, you know, try to define nothing. So if you have nothing, how do you get something from nothing? You can't. It's, exactly. unexpl it's unexplainable. You can't have that. So um, that in itself completely undermines their theory right from the very beginning. Right, right, right. Right? So um, it's not so much I need to prove to them that there's a God. They need to prove to me that there isn't a God. True. You know? I always use the old adage where I say, well, if uh, uh, you're right and I die, nothing happens. It's right. Big, right? Sure. But if I'm right and you're wrong, because something could seriously happen and you may not like where it's going to happen. You're absolutely right. And so that's why I, I kind of explain it. You know, okay, maybe, you know, in far, far away, for some reason, you are right. Yeah. But then nothing happens. We just die and that's it. You know, go back to sleep, go back where you were before right. you were born. Right. You got nothing that's to lose. Nothing to lose. Everybody's got a little bit of a gambling spirit, right? Exactly. Are you willing to take that bet? That's I, I, <laughs> that's what it boils down to, right? That's what you're I, I, saying. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to cover all my bets, and that's to make sure. That's 100%. how I feel. I mean, you know, you're gonna if you're gonna put if you're gonna lay the bet, I would much rather bet on living my life. And listen, it isn't that hard being a faithful Catholic. Exactly. I mean, it's not like it's not fun. I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of enjoyment. I goof off with my pals. I can play sports. I love music. I can go out and enjoy a great meal. I can go to the show. I can go to Broadway. I can do pretty much everything that right, exactly. I... The only thing that I don't need to do is I don't have to kill anybody. Right. I don't have to do drugs. I don't have to get drunk. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, it's, it isn't that difficult to be right. a, a faithful. And, um, and in the end, like you said, I take the, to bet. And um, if I die, and like you said, it, there's nothing there what have I lost you know but if there's that <laughs> one 
whatever it is. Tenth of a percent that there is something there. And you want to be on the right side. That's eternity. Exactly. That's forever. Now, well, one thing that he gives a point, he says, well, what happens that could be his uh, girlfriend's follow actually teaches that the Catholic father has a doctorate and he's like very educated. He's an atheist. But he, according to my son, he's a good person. He, 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 you know, his family has morals, gives 10% to charity, a lot more than a lot of Catholics do. <laughs> so he says, but he's a good person. And I kind of say, well, if he's really that good, God's going to find a way to get him. On him. That, God's not going to abandon him because he's really a good person. God will see that. For some reason, somehow, I'm hoping it's for him and then the whole you know, chain of events is going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I, that's my feeling. How, what do you feel about that? Someone well, who's a good person, yeah, but they don't believe in God. Yeah, I don't think you can ever undermine God's mercy. I mean, it's infinite, and it has no end. You know, I'm always reminded of a story of um, a lady that came to St. Padre Pio for confession. Right. And um, she was crying and crying and crying and crying in the confessional. And Padre Pio said, why do you weep? And she said, because my son who was fallen away and involved in all sorts of mortal sin Mm -hmm. um, yesterday jumped off of a bridge and committed suicide and it is killing me that now he will suffer eternity in hell and crying and crying and crying uncontrollable and Padre Pio interrupted her and said and who told you that your son is in hell and she said well because that's the teaching And Padre Pio said, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the moments that your son stepped foot off the bridge and before he landed to his death, the Lord Jesus came to him and said, do you receive my mercy and want to be with me in heaven? And your son said, yes. And your son is in eternity with the Lord. So, you know, to me, that shows the power of God's divine mercy. And that's why when it says do not judge because we don't have the capacity to understand the depths of God's mercy exactly and um, obviously it's um, you know as a Catholic you need to constantly in a merciful way remind people you're going down the wrong road and I'm afraid I love you and I'm afraid for you Um, pray pray change think about changing can i pray for you can i do something to help you can i talk to you or something that's always the merciful way but i don't um i don't believe in trying to determine whether anybody will go to heaven obviously in a lot of the revelations and especially in the divine mercy um jesus talks about an abundance of, of souls that are being lost and, and going to hell. Right. But we don't know what that is. We can't conceive of that. But even until the end of time, prior to the soul, because we understand scientifically that there is a moment of time where even when you take your last breath, right. that there is a gap of time that the soul leaves the body. And because God operates outside of time and space, that moment to us, which could be a nanosecond to God, is an infinite amount of time to pour his mercy on you and and forgive you. 
last year, uh, you have the opportunity, uh, Father, uh, Chris Aguilar, I think his last name, mm -hmm. Marian Priest, talked about specifically suicide, and he had a family member, and he said basically the divine mercy, if you just said God has some time, we don't want to put time on everything, but God has some time, mm -hmm. and he stated you could do divine mercy prayers, Yeah. and actually God would know it, that you were going to do it, yeah. and it saved sure. us from back that time, because there really was no time. Yeah. And he said that's what he does. Uh, yeah. He did that for his family member and felt much better. So I God know. uses prayers of a mother, a father, a family member, and he can utilize that prayer in the past, in the future, or in the present, because God is present right. in all three, it's always. No time. Right. right. There is no time. We, we make it for time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And God knew we were going to put his prayer in whatever time. Like, yeah. And you bring up an interesting point because the church has redefined its thought on suicide. Exactly. Before the old school teaching was, if you committed suicide, you went to hell. Right, that's right. it. Exactly. Uh, but this, the, you know, now with mental illness, depression, um, people that are victims of abuse all their life. Right. Um, there are a lot of mitigating circumstances. No, that's right. You know, for example, Robin Williams. You know, exactly. here was a guy who made a lot of people laugh. Was very charitable. He had a mental illness. Exactly. He had, you know, the way his serotonin uptake was, the way his brain worked, things of that nature. People have legitimate illnesses, especially exactly. somebody who is a victim from childhood of sexual abuse yeah. oh, incest right. things of that nature that define the way they think um, exactly. are you thinking that God is not merciful enough to know the type of torture that that individual has succumbed to their whole life yeah. and wouldn't use that as a uh, as a compensating factor so to speak um, you know we're we can't set any parameters exactly. on God because we can't think like God. We have a tendency of bringing God down to our human level and our human understanding. Yeah. But that's you can't do that because eye has not seen, ear has not heard. You know, exactly. we don't know anything no, in no, comparison. No. That, that I realized a long right. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, and, Bill. Uh, I appreciate uh, maybe the we privilege. Should, uh, add a song later on. We'll, we'll do part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> you're, great. You're a great, uh, great speaker. Oh, I, thank you. We should definitely put you. Uh, All right. On the stage next year. Why don't we do a little uh, uh, prayer to the Blessed oh, yes, Virgin please. Mary, yes, please, you. in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.